0: Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly intersectional dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to your airwaves from Sydney, and this week we have a guest who is the longest-serving CEO in Silicon Valley, and he's also a feminist. His name is Raisin. And he co-founded and ran Mikrel Semiconductor for 37 years. But before we meet Ray, I'd like to kick off with a track by Lady Gaga remixed by Honey Dijon, called Free Woman, because here at Feminist Fridays, we're all about freedom for all. And welcome to Feminist Fridays.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So I'd like to ask where you grew up and what were some of your early influences?
1: Okay. I grew up in Southern California, 10 miles north of the Mexican border. Um, So therefore, I learned to speak Spanish fluently. Wow. Uh, My father was a cattle rancher. Uh, No outback like you folks have there. But uh, it was a nice ranch with lots of uh, things to do. So I grew up in an agrarian uh, family. I'm the oldest of eleven children. My mother was a school teacher.
0: Eleven! Uh, wow.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so uh, just to give you a, uh, your audience a sense of where El Centro is, it's in between San Diego, California, and Yuma, Arizona. That's where I grew up, mm-hmm. and then um, I left at at seventeen to to go to school, to uh, go to BYU in Provo, Utah, uh, where I spent five years and got my degree in in industrial management and engineering. Wow. Um, so uh, that's a little bit of my my history. Grew up in a very uh, well-structured, very organized home.
0: You mm-hmm. have to
1: have that when you're um, the oldest of 11 children. And my mm-hmm. mother wanted me to set the example, so I was the, ex- the example setter, as you would A lot lot of this is in my book, Tough Things First, by the way. For those who want to pick it up, they can read a lot about my background.
0: You know, we already have three things in common. I'm the eldest of three children, not 11. My Mm. dad is a farmer. So in Australia, we call farms farms or properties. But my dad's uh, always been a sheep and cattle farmer. And Mm -hmm. my mum's a teacher too.
1: Wow, Mm -hmm.
0: very, very
1: similar. I know what it
0: feels like to be the eldest and to set the example.
1: Well, I'm sure you're younger than I am. (laughs) Uh, I've been married for 60 years uh, to the same person. And we have four children, 22 grandchildren, 13 13 great-grandchildren.
0: Oh, my goodness. Congratulations to you. Thank you. So let's talk about what led you on to your career path. I understand that you co-founded and ran Micrel Semiconductor and ran the company for thirty-seven years. Did you always see yourself as a Silicon Valley entrepreneur? Can you
1: no, tell not, us? Not always, no? no, I I came to uh, the Bay Area in uh, nineteen sixty mm-hmm. uh, uh, as a you know, young college graduate uh, with lots of uh, enthusiasm and energy. And uh, so uh, I sh- started working for United Technology, building rocket motors for the shuttle, you know, the SRB. Wow. It's uh, called solid, solid Rocket Booster. And so I was more or less, a, uh, I was going to be an astronaut. I thought that was the, the cool thing to do, is, was to be an astronaut. Uh, and uh, then... I uh, married my wife in 1961, uh, and her father was working for a company called Fairchild Semiconductor, the very, one of the very earliest pioneers in Silicon Valley. And I joined uh, 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 Fairchild in 1963. So I don't think anybody on earth has really been involved in the semiconductors longer than I have. Uh, so I, I, I just stuck with it. and ultimately started my own company in 1960, 1978, not too long after I actually started actually. Uh, So I'm one of the early pioneers in semiconductors. I wanted to run my own company. Yeah. And and we're going to talk about that uh, today.
0: Yeah. And just so that I'm clear, because I'm not that much of a tech savvy person. What is a semiconductor?
1: Okay. Well, uh, it's a, what they call a, a computer chip. I mean, that's that's not a. They're not all computer chips, but a lot of uh, your listeners will understand it as, as a little tiny, small uh, device uh, that has a lot of electronics in it. It it does the same thing that the old vacuum tubes used to do, and and so uh, the miniaturization of electronics uh, was accomplished through the manufacturing of semiconductors, and uh, it's it's a very uh, important uh, uh, technology in fact uh, i will tell you that the country that uh that owns the semiconductor technology owns electronics and the company that owns electronics owns the growth of 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 their country their world so uh so go semiconductors so go the world as Mm -hmm. you would it's a highly protected well was a highly protected technology in the United States and, and still should be. It's probably one of the most important technologies that, that exists in the world today. Mm. In fact, China wants to have complete control over that technology. And that's caused a lot of concern, at least on my part, because I never wanted that to happen. And then I refused to, to allow my technology to, to go to China.
0: Let's talk about Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley doesn't have, this is from my understanding, the greatest reputation for gender equality. Would you agree? And how have you worked to help self-empower women and support them to take on leadership positions throughout your career?
1: Well, I think one of the, the, the problems is, is that Silicon Valley hasn't had a high regard for, for anybody uh, except themselves. Hmm. Um, and, um, uh, the women, as you would, uh, um, they tried to come up in the, in the, in the corporate world. And, and some of them have, I mean, you know, you've had, uh, um, uh, 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 some of the, um, I'm trying to remember her name. She ran for, for president, um, uh, in, in 19, in 2016. Uh, and she was the, uh, the president and CEO of, uh, Hewlett Packard. A very important company in Silicon Valley,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, so you know, I I don't know that there's a, a any reticence against uh, women achieving high high levels and high positions. I I think the problem, of course, is has just been uh, the the inequality and and maybe probably pay. Yeah, you know, and um, and at my my company, my Krell, uh, you know, we had that one culture, we have four cultures, honesty, integrity, dignity of every individual, and then uh, do whatever it takes. So the third culture uh, of respect for every individual is what I think you're talking about, mm. which is we did not differentiate pay-wise between, uh, and advancement-wise between uh, uh, men and women. Uh, and so, um, uh, in fact... <laughs> If my wife were here i tell you women are better than men <laughs> and and in and, and probably most respects mm. um so you know it's it's that dominant position that men take you know because they're physical and and you know they've been you know the kind of the, the head of the home as you would no matter what country you go to the the man has been kind of the, the head of the home as you would or the head of the tribe or, or whatever mm. uh and so they they just want to stay in charge, as you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, the men may be the head, but the woman's the neck, and she's the one that turns the head. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, I've been married 60 years, and you don't have that unless you treat that person in a, in a respectful way. Uh, and so respect for every individual is the hallmark of of my company and and, and my belief system.
0: So tell us about your current occupation. I understand that you're now the author of Tough Things First, which teaches all entrepreneurs the fundamentals of what it takes to be a leader and build a company with longevity and a solid culture. What inspired you to write this book? And what do you mean by tough things? And why do you believe it's important to tackle them first?
1: Very good question, Sarah. So, uh, starting in about 1981, uh, my company was three years old. Um, people would say, "Oh, boy, you need to you need to write, you need to make a journal out of this and 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 share this with the rest of the world." Because I started a company with my own money, no no venture capital, mm. and and so they thought this was amazing to be able to start your own company with your own money. Uh, and, a, and, a, and an industry that 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 is is very capital intensive, very mm-hmm. capital, mm-hmm. and and so they said, "Gee, you need to document this. You need to tell people how you did this." And and so it it took me years uh, of prodding people people prodding me to write the book. So uh, when I wrote the book, we were looking for a title for the book, and I got my my VPs my staff together. And all of them had had read the draft of the book, and and this was in 2014, mm. uh, and I s- said we we need a title, and Dr. Lin J.C. Lin, who's from uh, who's from Taiwan, he says, "Tough things first. That was, it. and then everybody said, "Yeah, that's it. That's the title. That's what it means. Is is this whole this whole journey that I've been on is." Uh, be able to do the tough things first. So mm-hmm. uh, it's that eating that ugly frog first thing every morning. Mm-hmm. Because if you get it out of the way, the rest of the day goes easy. Mm-hmm. And so if you will do the tough things first, meaning every morning when you get up, you do the things that you don't like doing and you do mm-hmm. them well. That's what discipline is. Mm-hmm. is doing what you don't like doing and doing it well. And I taught my people to love the things they hate. Mm-hmm. So if you love the things you hate, Guess what? Nothing. You you won't ignore anything. You you're, you're not afraid to tackle anything. And and so it's a uh, 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 kind of an oxymoron to love something you don't like. But if you learn, whether it be food, it's, you know, particular culture, if you learn to like things that you didn't like before, that's overcoming prejudice, as you would. Mm. And and so you learn to love the things that you didn't like doing if you focus on getting the tough things out of the way, first thing. I have found that uh, by doing the tough things first, I've increased my efficiency 20%, meaning I get 20% more done in less time by knocking out those bad things that I didn't want to do, first thing. And then then I learned to like them. Walter Emerson said, that which we persist in doing becomes easier. Not that the nature of the tax becomes easier, but the ability to perform it becomes easier and and so you know it's it's persisting not procrastinating is diving in knocking out that ugly frog you didn't want to eat getting it out of the way and the rest of the day goes really really smooth so I used to if you uh, talk about a start time of eight o'clock in the morning I'd have my tough things done by nine so I had I, I had another eight hours of really being productive and getting some good things accomplished for the company. Yeah. And once my employees understood that, they became more efficient. Our company, Mike was profitable from day one, from the very first day.
0: Congratulations. We were profitable
1: for 37, 36 out of 37 years. That's unheard of. Mm. And the reason it was that way, because I taught them correct principles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that servant leadership thing. You know, I taught them, how to 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 improve themselves how they become better every day Hmm. you know they say yesterday is history Mm -hmm. tomorrow is a mystery today's the present that's why they call it a gift you can't accomplish something yesterday you can't accomplish something tomorrow you want to accomplish it today yeah like right now with sarah i'm this is what i'm doing i can't help you tomorrow i can't help you yesterday.
0: I can help you right now. As a CEO and leader myself, I'm very interested, and I'm sure my audience will be too, in hearing about what your top tips are for being a successful leader, particularly one who cares about building a solid culture. Now, I know you've touched on things like the values. I personally believe it's extremely important to build a solid and respectful work culture and my NGO is built around the culture of human rights values and engaging with all of our stakeholders in a diplomatic manner.
1: So, Well, there's two, there's two things. Yeah. One is I do the tough things first, which we talked about. Yeah. And the second thing, because you talked about two of them, the second thing is I loved my people. Mm. I loved them. Yeah. They knew I loved them because I cared for them. I was like their father. I was, I was. I was. They felt comfortable. See, your company is nothing more than extension of your home. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you have to drive a few miles to get to your place of employment, but really, it's just a part of your home. And so, I taught them that really, coming to work is just coming to another room in your home,
2: mm-hmm.
1: whether it be the kitchen, whether it be the family room, or the front room, or the bedroom. You know, it's just another room. It's my business room, okay? Mm. And I want them to feel comfortable. Yeah. And I want them to feel safe, safe. And and so they knew they, they knew I had their back because I love them. Yeah. And I told them I love them. And I I complimented and I praised them continually.
0: Yeah.
1: I look for things. Even though something may have gone wrong, I try to find something that went right yeah. about it. Okay? So I focused on the positive, not the negative. And, and, and they appreciated that. They loved the fact that I didn't focus on the negative, hmm. that I tried to find something good in everyone.
2: Hmm.
1: I tried to say, what is, what is positive about this person? And then I, then I built on that. Because you can't build on the negative unless you want them to fail. You build on the positive. Hmm. Because that, they, they want that. They want to succeed. Everybody wants to succeed.
2: Hmm.
1: So we built on the I built on the positive. Even I had a person who was a pain in the neck. I said, okay, Ray, you gotta find something good about that person and you gotta build on that. And by so doing, we had the lowest turnover in our entire industry. Half the people who left our company came back. Wow. They said, Wow, there's no place like this place. Yeah. And they wanted to come back.
0: Just quickly, I was wondering, because you've had such a long career working in Silicon Valley, what have been some of the highlights or moments that, you know, you you really feel you'd like, you, you celebrate or have
1: impacted you? It's, for example, uh, um, I was at a, a company picnic and um, uh, uh, one of the uh, fellows came, came up to me and said, may I speak to you? a moment and i said sure Uh, he was not an employee of the company but he was there with his wife and and so we went off to an area where he could converse with me and he he said i want to thank you you saved my marriage now i didn't even know his wife because you know with a thousand people you don't know everybody so uh i didn't know his wife and and yet he said that i saved his marriage because his wife became they were going to get a divorce Mm-hmm. And his wife became a different person after working at, at my club. She had she gained those those attributes that helped her in her marriage. And he wanted to thank me for saving his marriage. And I didn't even know him. Wow. I didn't know. her. But this because of the fact that the company's attitude and its, its culture. It, it had an impact on his on his marriage. That, that's what's important to me is, is helping other people. i like them to succeed that's what i want i want success
2: yeah
1: another story i have is i had uh uh, a uh, fellow come in uh and asked to speak with me Asked as the receptionist if she could if he could speak with me and and so he he, uh the receptionist called my 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 assistant and 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 uh and said uh, there's a fellow down here wants to speak to to mr zen and and you know, I, we have secured doors and everything, so you know, people can't just come in. You know, to to our area, you have to have a pass and everything, a card card reader to get mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I said, well, you know, does he look safe? I mean, does he look like he's? I mean, I just I don't know who he is. And 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 so the receptionist said, well, he's pleading to come and talk to you. And I said, that's strange, you know. So I told my my assistant, please go down, get him but stay right here with me when he comes in, mm-hmm. okay? Where we live in, where in our area, you know, it can get kind of dangerous. So I, I was very cautious. Anyway, mm-hmm. so he came in my office and he had tears in his eyes. I said, what the heck's going on here? He said, well, I'm a I'm a vendor and I I sell to hundreds of companies and I visit their facilities, you know, every day. But something's different. When I come to your company, a different feeling," he says. It's, "It's it's almost spiritual," and I said, "Really?" And he says, "Yeah." He says, "People are here are nice. <laughs> they 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 don't use foul language. See, I another culture that we have in, in order to have dignity and respect for an individual is we don't allow you to use condescending language or use swear words. You just you can't be bolder no. to people." Right. And so he was. He said, "I want you to know that." Of the hundreds of companies that I do business with, your company stands out head and shoulders above the other companies because the way you treat people. You treat them with respect Mm -hmm. and kindness. And even though I'm a vendor, you treat me nice. I want to come back. I want to be here. I want to help your company. And then he said, can I give you a hug? And I said, okay. So he gave me a hug and then he left. See, those are kind of... experiences that I really appreciate.
0: That's amazing.
1: And and so that's, that's what I get out of it is when I see people happy and successful, then I'm happy and successful.
0: Now, I'm, I just, I, I you know, I'm processing what you've been saying. And I think it's amazing. But I wanted to just move on to the next question, which is, as the world today has been Hit by COVID, many businesses and their leaders are currently struggling to rebuild themselves. What key advice would you give them to regain their confidence and momentum?
1: That's that's a excellent excellent question. I'm asked that a lot. Mm. Okay, because uh, you know, if we if we look at how long cycles last, I've been through eight of them. Okay, and COVID is just another cycle. Mm-hmm. They last about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and and every cycle, every cycle that we've had, the eight major cycles, they last about a year and a half. Mm. So uh, there is an end in sight.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you just have to be able to to hold on, pivot if necessary. You know, try to make hay while the sun shines. Make lemonade out of those lemons you know but don't become discouraged because that's what will cause you to to fail is when you get discouraged
0: mm.
1: you know as they say and these things too shall pass yeah you have to believe that
0: i'm that a believer that the pendulum always swings
1: because okay so we talk about this as what we call newton's first law of economics you know you've heard of newton's first law of physics right for every action you have in one direction we have an equal and opposite one in the other direction. Ah uh, yeah, I do okay. remember that. That's, that's Newton's first law. So the Newton's first law of economics is is that the harder something hits something, like the, for example, the, the 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 harder or the sicker you get, the harder you'll work at trying to get well. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, the, the more difficult something becomes the more you're apt to try to overcome it by by developing the, the ability to overcome it whether it be an illness whether it be a marriage problem, whether it be children's child uh, children's problem, whether it be a company problem whatever it is the harder it that, that it pushes you the more you're going to resist it. that's just the nature mm. and I looked at it in fact, I took advantage of it when when I saw the the, the the market go down dramatically at the end of February into March I took a whole lot of money. And I invested in the market as it was tumbling down, because I I did I did the um, the uh, uh, algorithm that I, I mapped what I thought the recovery would look like, and and I can prove it to you. I I forecasted uh, that the recovery would happen on the, in the market by no later than the uh, uh, middle of June. Okay, now it happened in May, uh, but uh, so but I was you know. Little off in my in my calculation, but that I was only off like maybe two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I knew how Newton's first law of economics works.
2: Wow. Okay,
1: and I just mapped it. I did. I said, okay, it's falling this quickly in this period of time. How fast is it going to recover? Because it's 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 binomial. And so then I, we um, it recovered, and I made a lot of money. Good for you. By taking advantage of people's shortfalls.
0: I think that's really amazing advice is to, to hold on to hope, to not give up, mm-hmm. and also to understand physics a little bit more. Now, I'm going to have to do that myself. I really appreciate that kind of insight from you. So let's talk about feminism. I'd just like to ask, how has feminism been a part of your journey and just to be clear, I'm an intersectional feminist, so I believe feminism is about equality for all, not just about women's
1: rights. Well, um, let me tell you a story. Sure. Uh, um, one of my employees um, came in and just, well, he said, you've been married a long time, I'm going with this gal, and I'm trying to decide whether or not she'll make a good wife. And I told Tim, I says, you know something, you got this wrong. It's not what kind of wife she's gonna make, it's what kind of husband you're gonna make. You should worry about you, what what kind of husband you're going to be. Don't worry about Denise and what kind of wife she's going to be. That's the way I I look at this. I'm gonna worry about what kind of a person, CEO, kind of leader I'm going to be, to help my people, I'm not going to worry about how how good this employee is or how you know how hard they're going to work. That that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to help them. And so it's that concept of of, of equality, as you would mm-hmm. worrying about what you can do, not worrying about what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, uh, you know, I've been as I said, I've been married sixty years, mm-hmm. uh, and. I praise my wife every single day. Thank her for everything. Thank her for everything she does for me. And and so equality begins with you as an individual. You have to view your role as being, you know, I can't change your mind, but you can. Okay. So mm.
2: I'm
1: not I'm not here to correct you. I'm here to help you. Okay. And and so uh, this this idea of equality. Has to begin with your with your mindset. Mm. I want, I don't care what your what color you are, you know what what sex you are, you know I don't. That's not my my concern. My concern is how can I help you? What can I do to help you become more successful? Mm. And I tell them that. And when I answer the phone, I don't say hello. I say how can I help you? That's what. I, that's how I answer the phone.
0: I love that. I'm going to start doing that. So. I just want to ask one final question. Where can my listeners find you, follow you, and support the amazing work that you're doing? Feel free to plug your website, social media, and where people can find your book
1: now. Okay, well, they can they can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Raisin Entrepreneur. Um, they can uh, follow me on um, my read my my blog tough dot com. it's all one word tough dot com. they can find me there they can write to me at ray d ray dot zen at uh, toughthingsfirst.com dot okay um so you know we'll answer their questions we'll help them we do one podcast a week um we're ranked in the top 10 podcasts in silicon valley go you, um, you know, so anyway so we and and uh I'm not trying to make any money. I've money on doing this project, so it's not a money maker for me. I don't need to make the money on it. And my my book, Tough Things First, you can get at Amazon. It's a textbook at most many universities. In fact, it uh, must be a half a dozen or dozen universities use Tough Things First as a textbook. My new book or my old book now, Zen of Zen, you can get also on on um, Amazon. And my new book, Zen of Zen Two comes out in about uh, two or three months from now. And then we're also going to do the history of Silicon Valley. Uh, Amazing. Because I've more experience being the longest serving CEO in Silicon Valley. I got more experience than than anybody on earth about the history of Silicon Valley. So I'm going to write a a book on that. Um, And I've already started the podcast series of about uh, 18 podcasts. Um, I think we're up to now uh, nine or ten that we've already done. There, you can currently listen to the series. Uh, the series on on um, uh, Silicon Valley history of Silicon Valley. Um, and uh, if we've already gone past, in other words, if if you're now on, on the third or fourth one, you can always go back to the first one to, to to get the very beginning of the history. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and so you know, um, I'm not here to self promote myself. I don't need to. Most people know who I am. I I, I just that I. I I'm almost embarrassed to to to, to talk about myself because I'd rather talk about you than me. Well, and uh, I don't learn anything by talking about me.
0: I think that you and I share a lot of the same values and a lot of the same work ethics and commitments. So it has been an absolute pleasure and delight to talk to you. Yeah,
1: you probably tell all the people that.
0: No, I don't. Well. I do, but it's been more, like, I feel extremely grateful to have interviewed you. And like I said, you're a legend. You sound like an amazing person. And I've certainly got some reading material to catch up on. Well, that has been another fierce and inspiring episode of Feminist Fridays for this week. But before you tune out, I'd like to leave you with a track by a French artist called Isia and the track is called La Vague, which translates to the wave. Because I don't know about you, but I'm hoping to catch some waves this weekend. <laughs>